Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross Sections, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. That's right, it's me, your sci-fi boys back, Colin Brandon, and joining me tonight is... I am Ben Young. Miller High Life is back. And tonight we are talking about, as Miller has pointed out, the movie High Life. This is a 2018 film <clears throat> written and directed by Claire Denis. Produced by a shit ton of people because it is a low-budget sci-fi movie. Um, starring Robert Pattinson, Juliette Benange, Andre Benjamin, Mia Goth, Agatha Buzek, and Lars Edinger. There's more people, but I'm going to stop there. Uh, Andre Benjamin, for those who don't know, is in fact Andre 3000. Wait, what? Oh my god! You didn't know that? You didn't oh realize boy. that was Andre 3000? No, I didn't! Oh man, yeah, that's Andre 3000. Wow. He, he still acts, he's still got a, a thing to do. Anyways, um, this is another one of those movies that was originally released at a uh, uh, film festival and then it got a theatrical release later on. So this movie was filmed for 8 million euros. And it had a box office of one point nine million dollars. Do you know what? Do we know what euros are in real person money? Uh, you could look it up. Nope. Euros to dollars. Uh, Casually dragging all of our European audience that uses euros. Uh, nine million four hundred seventy-five thousand six hundred eighty dollars. Okay, I thought it was somewhere in that ballpark. Okay, um, so yeah, it was a, a complete total loss of money there and after watching this movie i think i know why interesting not saying anything bad about the movie i just don't think that's a movie to be successful in theaters yeah, yeah. uh um, are we gonna did you want to talk about uh the other thing first uh earlier today as we were recording this on uh the 15th of September, um, Disney has decided to grace us with a trailer for season two of The Mandalorian. Yay! I don't know if uh, any of you boys have had a chance to watch it, but I thought it actually looked pretty decent. Not yet. I have watched it. Uh, it's cool. It uh, shows him fighting. Uh, the one part I did like is when uh, the things were... We're obviously getting heated, and, and the child presses the button to close up his little uh, his little cradle. I thought that was that was funny. I, I I laughed at that. But other than that, I mean, like I don't know. There's just not enough evidence to show that it's actually going to release on October 30th. So I still don't believe it. Right. Disney um, keeps their release dates. I thought. I feel like at this point, there's no reason for them to delay it. I don't think it's done. I think they're lying to us. And I think that well, well they only kinda, have to have the first like episode or two done, really. I don't. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of shitty CGI shot of the ship at the beginning of the trailer was like proof enough to be like, oh, you're clearly not finished with this yet. Okay, but I don't know. Like, I'm not like you know. I tra I I dragged on the first one at first, on the first season at first, and I ended up liking it. So I'm excited for it. I just it was it really was kind of a lot of nothing in this trailer. Gotcha. Well. Well, that's Still good. Are. I mean, then it doesn't show too many story spoilers. Ben, True. I just, I need things to 
come out in a timely fashion because 2020 has been such a wreck. <laughs> yeah, I man, just, I need things to look forward to. Yeah, so them just doing this, even if it's not like 100%, if they give me like a 95% done TV show, I'll be happy with it. That's fair. I we'll respect just that. We'll just put an asterisk next to it and uh, move on. I respect that. Okay. All right. Well, glad we had that little diversion there right in the middle of, because uh, I forgot about it. Um, anyways, Ben, what is High Life about? Um, well, uh, so basically, a death row prisoner raises his daughter by himself on a spaceship speeding toward a black hole. Years after being subjected to illegal eugenics experiments with the rest of his fellow prisoners. Once again, it's a very complicated film that's about as simple as I can break it down in a short little synopsis. Yeah, when I was watching, I was like, I don't, I don't know how Ben's going to do this one, but did not realize those to... were uh, eugenics experiments that were going on. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, there's seems like a great place to start, I guess. Um, eugenics. Anyways, that is good a place to any. <laughs> <clears throat> I do want to say, like, first off, right off the bat, because I, I watched, I just finished watching this. I wish, I wish I finished watching this a week ago, so I had more time to think on it. Love it or hate it, however, we kind of come out at the end of tonight. And I won't say one way or another because I haven't totally made up my mind yet. I This is the kind of sci-fi that, like, our podcast is for at the end of the day. Like, we've been doing a lot of, like, you know, silly blockbusters and, like, good movies, but nothing with, like, we've, we've often said, at you know, at a certain point in the podcast, well, there's not really a lot to talk about here. There is a ton to talk about here, and there's a ton to chew through and dissect and tell tell everyone what we think about it. The eugenics thing is interesting is an interesting place to start because uh, for so Miller, you said you didn't realize there was eugenics. Uh, that kind of seems to be a partial theme to it. Um, early on in the film, Monty, played by Robert Pattinson, talks about how he has good genes. One of the reasons he's staying abstinent, staying celibate. Um, and Dibs herself uh, is obsessed not with um, getting a baby exactly, but getting the perfect baby. She's obsessed with getting perfection. Um, and of course, in her mind, perfection lies in the two areas she is not allowed to cross. The man who is abstinent and the woman who is cleaning herself out from any injections she gets. Uh, so uh, that's where she, she goes. She's trying to pair these two up, which is, you know, it's not the eugenics form of, of removing procreation from certain people, but it is the eugenics form of picking out certain genes that you believe are going to be good in the environment. So Interesting. Yeah. It's it's just on the cusp of eugenics. It's not really right. I mean, less it's, looking for traits and just trying to find a matching pair, I guess. 
in in you know in animals it's called husbandry in humans i believe we would call it eugenics i don't think we would yeah we just call it we why don't we just call it husbandry that. it still human works. human husbandry yeah <laughs> good old double h double hmd <laughs> So, so this was kind of, uh, as they described it, like second objective, correct? Like the, the primary objective was finding the black hole. Yes. That and is that just correct. to kind of see like what the deal was with black holes. I think, I think it was energy based. Wasn't it? They were, um, mm-hmm. trying to find an alternative source of energy or something. That okay. was the point of the expedition. They believed that they could harness the energy from a black hole and send it back to earth. And the first time they try is when their pilot is killed by, um, I forget her name. Names are tough in this one. Sorry. Yeah. Well, the the, the movie kind of was tough for me as a whole because I watched it without subtitles. It definitely probably needs subtitles. Uh, the pilot is killed by Boise, boys, and... Uh, she goes in and she's not experienced at all so she kind of fucks it up and dies and how uh and then they come across another black hole as kind of i i would assume a fail safe a secondary uh possibility to complete their main objective and uh that's a whole other thing that i don't know if we want to go there just <laughs> yet but i don't know i don't know like where else where, like so like where do you guys want to start well, <sighs> okay. In in English class, my senior year AP English class, uh, by good old taught by good old Mister Frederick. Everybody Mr. loves Frederick. that dude. Hmm. Everybody loved that dude. He's a great dude. Great teacher. He helped me uh, learn how to think. And I never he had him. Very. He was very um. Very Robin Williams and Dead Poet Society, but not like obnoxiously like uh, dramatic. I guess he's Interesting. just uh, just was he wasn't obsessed with like teaching you material. He was obsessed with teaching you how to think about the material, and that was always his cool thing. And mm-hmm. all what he would always say is when you're uh, when you're critically analyzing pieces of fiction, you would start at the at the dirt you would start at the ground that you're standing on and you would grab a pickaxe and you'd start digging from there very basic uh uh analogy and as you go you get to different layers of rock all the way down to bedrock to what the actual main point is and obviously i think the most obvious situation the obvious critique that claire denis is trying to like talk about in this film is the way we treat prisoners Right? Um, um, I don't I know. I don't know if that's what it is. I guess I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out what her big statement here was. Um, when I say I spent a lot of time, all of about five hours. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm saying, like, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. That much we can all agree on. Oh, there's like, a I was shit even try- going on this I was even trying to see if there was, like, a... Uh, a feminism angle that she was playing that to an extent there was, but I don't even think that was her main thesis. Like, I don't No, definitely not. Nor am I saying like prison treatment is the main thesis either, but that's kind of like, I, th- I think that's the starting place is like, that is the most obvious sub theme that is happening here. 
because everyone on that ship are death row or life term prisoners yeah that were given the chance to uh live out their punishment a different way by going on this mission they were right. given the choice they weren't forced to and they all chose i think uh well now i know it's uh, it's andre 3000's character Cheerney. he says it best at the end when he he says that um and i'm paraphrasing uh, his wife was was mad at, at him because it was like hurting her twice, and that his idea of glory is is not basically. And I think that's why everyone kind of I think that kind of breaks down why everyone chose to do this is that they had all committed some crime, and I think that's not subjective i think it's it's very obvious that everyone here has committed a pretty heinous act and that it's not like any sort of wrongful imprisonment situations but uh they all are seeking not i wouldn't say redemption but purpose in this mission and what this mission ends up being is more than they bargained for. It ends up being an, an invasion of themselves. So, I don't know. Help me out. <laughs> Help me out, please. I'm, I'm, well, believe me, else. I'd love to fucking bail you out. This was a <laughs> this was a mind bender for me. This was a between uh, <clears throat> between all the crazy shit that just happened, and then that right you know towards the beginning, the fucking Nine Inch Nails music video that was the. Uh, the uh, sex yeah. room. <laughs> God, I was like, I'm watching this with my buddy. Like, I went over to his house to paint D&D miniatures. And I was like, oh, I got to watch this movie for a podcast. So I'll, I either need to leave at seven or like we could watch this movie together. I had no idea what I was doing going in. And then all of a sudden this thing happens. And I was like, oh, Fuck, okay, well, yeah, it, it got really Sounds weird for a little good, bit. And then, like the, the flushing that was happening, <laughs> the flushing of the of the lube and the juices and oh, shit. Oh god. god, the machine. Awful. Yeah, but um, I, it does a great job at like kind of illustrating this. I'm glad she she says it right as she walks out and she sees Monty. Uh, Dibs is like you. You all see me as a witch, and I'm like, yeah. I was. I was thinking that exactly when you were writhing about on that vibrator. But you know, I. Uh, I guess I'm just having a hard time talking about this movie at the moment because, you know, when you're going into. I don't know what you'd call even like just more of a highbrow sci-fi movie. I guess I'm expecting it to be more cerebral, and this was like the antithesis of that. This movie was all emotion, I guess. Visceral. Yeah. 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 I guess. Well, it's very base. I mean, even even the base desire for, you know, uh, the the base kind of hard-coded genetic, like, desire to breed kind of has yeah. a lot to do with this movie, too. Just the, the ideal that, I mean, even, even, even in space, even with this mission for finding unlimited energy, renewable energy, some kind of energy... There's still the the base kind of desire, like in the background, like with it, you know, we should be breeding, we should be procreating, and this is kind of a perversion of of that, like that, you know, I mean, it's supposed to be a a natural process instead of whatever this fucking lady's doing, right? Mm-hmm. Is this movie pro life? 
It's fucking pro something. I don't know. <laughs> I just I just want to say that out of like everyone in the movie, only two people survive. So I don't think it's pro life. <laughs> There's a difference between being pro life and pro murder. Yeah. No, I, I just it's. Mm. It, I don't. Th I don't think it is. I don't think that's what they're saying. <clears throat> okay. Because there's, there's the whole angle of like some of those women just want. I don't know. Maybe it is. Fuck. Maybe it is. Boys. Boys. Single fathers want, in space. Boys doesn't want a child. Period. Uh, she makes it very clear. Yes. To the point that when she ends up birthing the child, she kills herself. She murders someone in order to get. A cooler way to kill herself. Um, cool. I mean, Man, but but why wait? I mean, if she's so against having, if she's so against having a child, then why why wait? You know, I mean, why why let this entire birth come to fruition? Why didn't she kill the doctor for doing this to her? A great question. You Very know? great question. Um, a question that may be explained by a simple plot hole. Honestly, yeah. I don't because well, and because we don't know what Boyce's crime was either, right? I believe she is one of the few that we do not know. She was a uh, she, she was, was a, a drug drifter. addict. She was a, a drifter drug and addict. A drug addict. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I mean, we see her on right, a train yeah. at one point with everyone else. So, yeah, yeah. as to what landed her, oh, oh, I don't think they were all actually prisoners. Now that we're talking about it, I think some people were offered to kind of get out. And I in think lieu the, of prison time, the doctor on the train had mentioned that. Is that not just prisoners, but undesirables as well have been rounded up to be on these ships? Interesting. Um, Dibs is not in an authority position, correct? Dibs was the pilot. Dibs is the doctor. Yeah, I mean, I think if anybody is in a, an authority position, it would be her. But she has some sort of authority over them because they were receiving some sort of drug. Um, something like that every time she collected we'll say specimen from the gentleman they all received a drug okay that's interesting then that's why they you're, were doing it you're right she is in a position of authority over them but in her own words she says that they all see themselves as criminals when she's the only one who has done something worth the title and she, what we end up finding out she did is she suffocated her three children and stabbed her husband Yeesh. and then tried to kill herself. Right. Um, she is in a position of authority over them, over these prisoners, but is undoubtedly worse than every one of them. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh I think to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, she's not the captain. I mean, she has to get that kind of um, that implant that the guy had in order to maintain mm -hmm. the captain's logs and continue life support going. Which, by the way, as an aside from talking about, like, interesting brain things, um, I do think it's very cool to have a 24-hour check-in to make sure everyone is still alive before yeah. continuing life support. I thought that was I, it, a cool feature. Rather than just having like some automatic system that detects there's life there, like, no, you have to check in. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's not going to waste its power. The ship is not going to waste its power on life support. 
at first I thought it was like some kind of like horrible punishment the first time Robert Pattinson does it. Mm-hmm. And then I realized uh, probably about halfway through, I was like, oh, no, it's it's uh, a fail safe to conserve power in the event that everyone on the ship dies. But what's the point of conserving power if everyone on the ship dies? To reroute back home, maybe. Oh. To try and salvage the ship or salvage the mission. Maybe they'll just send the ship back into a black hole or something, you know? When you when you cut out life support in the power systems, you probably gain a lot more where that you wouldn't have had before. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So who was doing it on the dog ship? Oh, the dogs actually. Yeah, the dog. Yeah. Well, that, that, I mean, you know, I'm assuming. So this the, this ship shows up. You know, how old would you say oh, the, oh, he the calls girl it fe- is? Like he thirteen. Calls sh- he calls it 13, feeding 14. the dog every time yeah. he does it. It only does it for both of their ships. Yeah, instead of saying, you know, <laughs> you know, processed, you know, 24, 24, you know, 24 hour clock replen- replenished or whatever, it just says good boy and releases the kibble. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, you got to think that 13 years later, I mean, ship showing up, it's all probably all just dogs on Earth. It's probably just all dogs sending each other into space. That's honestly a more realistic vision yeah. of most things I've heard for the future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sending him to the dog star. And since we're on it, the dog ship, uh, this is, as as you say, Miller, 13, 14 years into the future, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Pattison has raised his child to teenage years, and they finally come across another ship uh, that is like theirs. And he wants to go check it out, and it's just a bunch of dogs that have killed all the people. So, but the big thing is, and I do want to say this really quick, is that do- a, a dog is what ended up landing Robert Pattinson, Monty, in prison to begin with. A girl killed mm-hmm. his dog, and he killed her right. as retaliation. So it's interesting that it kind of comes full circle at the end there for him. Mm-hmm. I thought about that. Um, I was I trying to discern if she was trying to say something else by them encountering a ship full of dogs though I mean she might be saying multiple things but it definitely it's it's definitely no accident that he loved a dog so much he killed someone for hurting it and then he doesn't he he tell does he tell Willow his daughter that uh he was raised by dogs or was he does he tell Yeah he said else I that? was raised by my he he tells somebody I was raised by my dog Yeah yeah I can't remember who exactly he tells mm. Probably Andre 3000. It's possible. I, I th- seemed to be like his only friend. Yeah. I think that by him finding the ship at the end here, uh, especially so close to the black hole, the second black hole, where they can give it another shot to see if this will work, I think it's him... It's It's his confirmation that it's come full circle. I think that it's like... His life doesn't need to go on past this point is what it's kind of getting at. It's like the, you know, you were raised by dogs, uh, raised by a dog and you have returned to dogs. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's like a thing, but it makes sense when you add to the fact that him and Willow then will get on a ship just a little bit and fly themselves into a black hole. Mm -hmm. Where they encounter... A um, king dog. No, um, 
King Talk. <laughs> they, they encounter a Matthew McConaughey uh, in some sort no of spoilers. Weird... I haven't seen that movie yet. We're really. Yeah. You haven't seen Interstellar? No, we're supposed to watch it for the podcast, right? I'm going to add it to the schedule if it's not already on there. That's crazy. Yeah. The it's only not, good Nolan movie. Can we movie. just get rid of Bill and Ted uh, 1, 2, and 3 and just throw that <laughs> on there? Well, like, I asked and no one answered, so, like, I don't know. Like, are we just not going to cover Bill and Ted? I I would not if object. You, I would not object to not... If a, you I want to us to cover Bill and Ted, to be you, topical? I'm going to cut all this out. No, don't. If you oh. want us to cover Bill and Ted, cut out when you I need to. We need thirty Patreon subscribers. Let's, uh, cut, let's call it there. How, are, how, many, been, how many are we at? I now? don't. Zero? I don't have enough money in my bank account to create that many subscriptions to Patreon. You really want us to cover Bill and Ted that much? Don't want. I don't want to cover Bill and Ted. No, I said if people want us to, oh, they have yeah. to get, yeah. get us thirty. Okay, if you guys want to hear Bill and Ted, fork up that dough and we'll do it. All right, I'll cut it. No, Bill and Ted. Sorry, Bill. Not Ted. <laughs> it's, it, it, you, you know, and, and here's the thing, listeners. You know how that episode will go. We will laugh about the jokes, repeating them to you throughout the episode. And then we will go, yeah, there's not really much to talk about here in the form of sci-fi. And then we'll make fun of Dayton for 15 minutes. <laughs> Which is perfectly acceptable if you ask me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, uh, oh, but there God. it is. All right. Anyways, um, man, I feel as I heard. I was reading something that says this is a movie that you need to watch multiple times to like really start to pick it apart and get it. I don't know if I. That's funny because I do not want to ever see this movie ever yeah, again. Yeah, I don't know I if I can watch it. I was just thinking the same again. thing. I think it was the moment. Um, when uh, Juliette Benoche is, uh, I, I guess, when she rapes um, Robert Pattinson, it's and, fucked up. And then yeah, it was fucked. And then like Literally. catches catch, you know what I mean? Catches it, and then yeah, that was not a scene you watch with your friend. No, definitely not. That's not a scene <laughs> in you his watch basement by when his wife is upstairs. <laughs> That's not a scene you watch watch by yourself, especially because like he didn't he didn't he like didn't know what he was consenting to for this movie. I mean, none of us did. I I I only recommended this because I heard Robert Pattinson's performance is fantastic in it, Mm -hmm. which it is. He he does a great job in it. I think everything I see him in, he just grows as an actor in my eyes. Mm -hmm. But uh, I didn't know anything beyond that except that it was a. Sci-fi thriller around a black hole. What did you say about the lighthouse? I said it makes me wish that we could cover the lighthouse. I really liked the lighthouse, but it's not sci-fi by any metric. It yet, it's on Prime, so we could do something. But it's not. Sci-fi. <laughs> you know, we could have I a secondary. We could have a secondary podcast. Well, you know, we could just watch it and get together and talk about it, Andrew. That's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I okay. like having things. Um, will we record it? No. Um, so I want to talk about. The interesting uh, choice here in that I think only two people out of this entire movie were speaking their native language. Even you could tell even the uh, the girl, uh, the the oldest version of Willow yeah. is not an, an right. English speaker. But at least it's not as far as I could tell. And so the f- interesting thing is even Robert Pattinson is having to use a dialect mm-hmm. of his first language. So even that at times feels unnatural. Well, I thought that was so weird. And then the little girl or, or the older version of Willow had um, 
had a British-ish, British That's kind what I'm of, saying. Yeah, why, though? I think like, it was that French, doesn't though. Make any, that, well, I mean, regardless, she should have sounded oh. like Robert Pattinson, because that's how accents work. You sound so, like the people who are around you, and she was around one guy. It depends what raised her more. Did the images from Earth raise her more, or did, or did Monty? Which we won't know. We yeah we have no well because it was ninety percent of this movie was in media res. Yes, well Which... it's and this film is so fucking French in so many ways. Like when I when I looked it up and did my research on it after the fact, I was like Claire Denis, that makes sense. Yeah, like Luc Besson, Luc Besson definitely loves this movie. He's yeah. definitely a huge fan of High Life. Which unrelated, but uh, my buddy. Like was was talking to me about um, the movie uh, Lucy during this movie, which was uh, apparently directed by Luc Besson. We're doing and it. I was it's going like, on the list. Oh, oh no, we're gonna make fun of Luc Besson in this episode, aren't we? That's the movie where uh, she uses ninety, the other ninety percent of her brain, right? Yes, which apparently is not scientifically backed. Not like, at all. We, we can... just always use our entire brain, always. <laughs> Well, some people do. Some people do. Not everybody. <laughs> the listeners of this show definitely don't use 90% of their brain. We're lucky if they use like six. We know that because they don't subscribe to our Patreon. Mm. Maybe it we should stop making exi- fun of them by nationality. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore, so don't go look for it. Um, um, oh, no. But yes, uh, I agree, Colin, and I think that that in itself is another like kind of French French film thing. Like well, you kind of pull whatever you got well, together. For one, in my opinion, if you want to make the most money out of something, it doesn't hurt to have it in English. Sure, that's where one of the biggest markets Fair. is. Second doesn't of hurt all, to have a big name actor. I actually saw, and uh, Claire Denny said she wrote the script in English. Um. Because when she pictures a movie in space, they're not speaking French. They're speaking English or Chinese. Hmm. To her, that makes the most sense. Those are the biggest space programs. That's respectable. Which, which I get that. I, I totally get that. Um, God knows the ESA isn't going to do shit for their, with their jobs. So. Well, they just partner. With, you know. Idiots. Um, but yep, there you go. I just don't. I don't know. It kind of just like part of it uh, took me out of the movie is because I just sat there thinking like that. Just I would have rather they spoke their you know first would language. You, would you prefer it if they did what Italian films did back in the day, which was uh, hire American actors to voice over the non-American actors? Nope. Well, then I don't know what else to do for you. Everyone just speaks in their normal language and you have subtitles the whole time. And but no one knows Robert, how they're communicating. Robert doesn't speak French. Or maybe he does. I don't know. Could ask him. Why don't we ask him? Hey, Robert, come on out. <laughs> right, yeah, love, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I imagine Robert Pattinson's English accent is. Uh, Native nope. accent. Nope. Right, bruv. What is it? All right. Um, I so. I mean, I guess. Uh, I mean, I. I hi. Um, hey. <laughs> I am just. 
I don't know what it was, but I like I can watch movies in media res, but this I mean it just didn't did it hurt the movie for you guys that this was in media res the whole time or or what do you, what do we think about the the narrative the, the narrative of this movie? It's more than just in media res. It is a full-on non-linear storytelling. Like Well, yeah, because it, it it does more than just go like middle back to the beginning catch yourself up which is right. what the or media res is actually not even go back to the beginning they'll just start in the middle and go right maybe throw a flashback in or two this is a full non-linear of like we start yeah. here then we go here then we go here then we go here go here go yeah. back here come back here mm-hmm. like all over the place yeah well, well yeah and what oh sorry gone well i'm just gonna say like there's a reason she chose to make the movie the way she did um she said she because a lot of the movie is chaos she mm-hmm. wanted to start with something more peaceful and serene and i guess for her those early days or like him raising willow that is the peaceful moment of his life i like that so you kind of just start with that and then it gets hectic and crazy i didn't mind it all that much i really didn't it um it threw me for a loop especially toward the end uh, when older Willow started showing up. Yeah, that's um, kind of what uh, I was literally like, who the fuck is this? Ty- I was watching this with my roommate Tyler, and he was he had the same reaction, and I, in my head, who is just trying to make sense of everything, I'm like, no, she was here before. And un- unknowing that I wasn't correct, but still kind of was, because she was here as a baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, no, you're wrong. And I'm like, no, I remember her her weird accent. She was definitely here before. She wasn't, found everyone was, has a weird accent. I was just making her up. Um, but that's around the time when it lost when it it lost me, and then I realized his hair was even grayer mm-hmm. than it had been. And I was like, that's when I was like, it clicked for me. And I was like, oh. So really the best way to measure the timeline in the movie is to watch Robert Pattinson's hair throughout yes. it. And that will help you that's your grounder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it's very small, little gray blip. And then it gets uh, like a lot of his head is gray. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because they were out there for a long fucking time. They were like out there for like 13 years. Yeah, but you also have to factor that time is slowed because of their, uh, yeah. where they are in comparison to the black hole. That's and they're what, going they're going almost the speed of light at certain points. So how so how long were they real and plus they were out there for even longer like before um Willow was born. So if they're going almost the speed of light into a black and hole from their perspe- perception so from their perception at 4 years the halfway point of the first black hole they were going 99% of the speed of light. So I already did the math. After all is said and done, I believe it's two miles an hour. <laughs> Sorry. Like, you said they were going 95 <laughs> miles per hour? Trust me, it sounds ridiculous, but I, I broke it down, checked it twice, made sure I carried everything over. I, I believe it's two miles an hour total. I think Einstein's mad at you right now. I mean... It, if you factor in that they were in the black hole, it's about two miles an hour. In the black hole? Yeah. Maybe. 
I I don't know if you're bullshitting me or not. I don't. I don't think I don't. You, you have to truly, truly appreciate how fucking terrible I am at math. <laughs> and I'm more prepared to just, like, say something with confidence than actually figure it out. It'll get you far. It'll like I'm. I'm I should go into business. I, I literally should honestly, go into that's why I'm on this. I could just say shit with confidence all damn day. Doesn't mean it's um, true. It, they were definitely out there for much more than eight Earth years. That much, I think we can be sure. Well, we for sure yes. missed out on nine months of a pregnancy. Yes. That was literally like next frame baby. Yeah. And that's well, what threw me. That's what threw me too. It's because like all of a sudden this like older girl starts showing up. I'm like, what is going on? And then mm -hmm. I, yeah. And then put two and two together. And two and two miles a, an hour. A, a YouTube cut of uh, the non-directors cut Yeah. of a, uh, of this movie where it's all in, all in chronological sequence. order. Man, do you ever think yeah. that A24 movies, just every cut is the director's cut? <laughs> I mean, it really is. Well, I mean, that's not yeah. entirely true because Midsummer, well, Midsummer had a director's cut released afterwards, but the after watching the director's cut of Midsummer, I understand why the studio stepped in and was like, hey, so like, the I, I would say that the only time A24 ever steps in to like cut it up is only for the betterment of the film because I did not like Midsummer's director's cut. Oh. Hmm. I think I, I think this was the best form of the movie we were going to get, honestly. And like I said, love it or hate it, it still does what good sci-fi should do. That, that sounds like a conclusion. I'm going to shut up. Um, <laughs> how about that, that, that semen? Yeah, here on the good sh ship, fuck ship seven, we just harvest our uh, prisoners' uh, stuff. Someone who's listening us to us in their office right now just really quickly muted us. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> parental I'll, advisory. You should not have listened to this at work. Yeah, this podcast is definitely not a not safe for work podcast. Um, I think we're marked. We're marked explicit on it. Yeah, well, that's good. good. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know, this... man. People get really fucking weird in space. Some people just... If there's one takeaway, it's that some people just shouldn't go to space. I guess after watching this movie, I think I just prefer Sad Astra. I'm yeah. It evoked the same emotion from me. Uh-huh. But I enjoyed the experience a little bit more. Well, yeah, it had dads in space. There was an animal attack, you know. Hey, we almost had an animal attack in this one, if you know what I mean. That dog <laughs> was pretty mad. We we haven't talked about the end yet. And, like, I, I, this movie is, like, overwhelming in a lot of ways to... Like, we, we, I, we complain that, like, some movies don't have enough for us to, like, dissect and, and discuss. But I feel like this movie has too much... And for that, it's almost kind of at a fault because it's trying to be too much in certain spots. But regardless, we haven't talked about the end yet, which mm -hmm. is uh, upon finding a second black hole, 
uh, at the behest of Willow, in fact, who says we have to try to Monty, they, Monty and Willow get into a ship and decide to fly into a black hole to once again attempt to harness the energy, I assume. They're not clear, but they don't, you know, I respect that they don't make it clear. They, you know, I, it's not a movie where they're going to say every piece of exposition for you. Um, and then it fades to kind of a bright light and suddenly Monty and Willow are standing in the, in the light without their suits on, their spacesuits on. And Monty says, shall we? And Willow says, yes. That uh, sure is what happens. Yep, no idea where it, what goes from there. So, early in the movie, or throughout the movie, there's a song that Boyce sings to Monty, and that Monty in turn sings to Willow, and the song is about being alone. And I think... The really, like, all that's happening at the end of it is Monty and Willow don't die alone. Despite everything that says they should have, they were together in the end. And I think that kind of cracks at, like, what this ultimate, um, of what kind of, like, maybe Claire, Claire Denise's thesis is, which is when you have children you never really die alone bill should be here <laughs> like you you you'll always you'll always have you know you'll always be with someone in the end help i i i i guess that's critique it like tell me i'm wrong you could tell me i'm wrong you could be like no ben that doesn't make sense I just don't know if that's even remotely factual. I mean, there are no parents on this current episode, so... And none of us are dead. <laughs> so, as far as we know. Inside. As well, dead inside. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that ending was just so ambiguous that I don't think Claire Denis was actually trying to say anything. <laughs> It's hard I mean, to say. I mean, this could just be like that. I mean, every it's a cliche about like the whole French pretension. But man, I I don't know. This was it's a mind fuck. A lot of shit just kind of happened in this movie, and it's like I don't I, mean, I don't know if I'm with it. You know, I don't know if I'm on board. You don't know if you're with it. Um. Yeah, honestly, I. I <laughs> It's kind of disappointing, I know, but I, just, I had no idea what to make of that ending. Well, I, I, I can I can you... accept the fact that they're both now dead, and that's just how the movie ends. Dead, but together. Dead and living. I, I don't know. Like maybe maybe really this all comes down to Claire like... should retire. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I was I was about to say a form of that. Like maybe there really isn't anything here. And, like, looking up, like, uh, critical opinions of this film is it's divisive. This movie is very divisive. I haven't seen any of Claire Denis' stuff. People really like Let the Sun Shine In. I don't know if that's sci-fi or not. Um, but people really like Let the Sun Shine In. Um, this movie itself 
was incredibly divisive among critics and hated by audiences. Audiences didn't like it at all. They walked in expecting a sci-fi thriller and didn't get that. Uh, Let the Sunshine In is a romance, romance drama. Okay. Yeah. So... So we won't ever cover it, but no. I'm interested in seeing it because in my in my research on on different takes of this, I uh, I saw everyone comparing this movie to Let the Sunshine In, and they were like, like the the negative critiques especially are like, oh my god, like don't do the the New Yorker said this is a lesson in bewaring the pet project. Because Claire had said that she had this idea for 15 years, and it finally came to fruition after she had completed Let the Sunshine In. Well, can't we... I don't know. Like, we saw with Tenet, where it was like, that was something he's been working on for 12 years or whatever. However long it was, and we were just like, uh, okay, really? But, like I said in, like I said in Tenet, like, he said the same shit about Inception. I don't trust Nolan when he says shit like that. Nolan does his fucking stupid ass marketing skit like no one is is a good marketing man he is he knows how to market his films he knows how to build hype around them even despite the fact that tenant is bombing which is a fantastic news fantastic piece of news that i love so i mean are are we still saying it's bombing when two of the biggest markets for movie theaters can't let people into the movie theaters right now he shouldn't he shouldn't have released it this is, was it his oh call? God, this is a Nolan Was discussion. it his call? I don't, I don't think it yes. was his call. Yes, it absolutely was. Warner Brothers has tried to push it to 2021, and Nolan, as far as reports go, reports with insiders, I can't believe we didn't talk about this last time, Nolan has demanded that it not be pushed to 2021. He tried to get it released back in August when it was supposed to. And Warner Brothers was like, absolute, or back in July when it was supposed to. And Warner Brothers was like, absolutely not. We're not going to do it. And then he tried in August again and finally ended up coming out in September. Uh, no, this was, according to reports, it's uh, all no one. Well, thus far, it has made $207 million globally. So it's getting there. Getting there, budget? but definitely it's not performing as I'm sure no one would expect it to no, perform. No, no, but I'm... Uh, they they have also stopped reporting box office numbers, I should say. Warner Brothers has stopped reporting box office numbers on Tenet. Ah, okay. So, because they are embarrassed. And rightfully so. Yeah. Sorry, this wasn't supposed this to be... This is a, a yeah, Tenet I was going to say, High Life. Um, I don't know, this, I mean, this was not... It's It's like you said, it wasn't critically... It, I mean, it's not great critically. I mean, eighty-two percent Rotten Tomatoes, seventy-seven Metacritic, um, five point eight out of ten IMDb. Audience score on uh, Rotten Tomatoes is forty-one percent. Like people, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, there. I mean, and even looking at Rotten Tomatoes, there are a lot of critics who are, you know, up their own ass about this movie. You know, praising it like. Oh, we. I, I mean, this is an art house thing. I better just praise it. I saw, sometimes like, I feel like that's all it takes, really. I guess, yeah. I mean, uh, here's here's what uh, Alex Hudson from Exclaim says: High Life is a sufficiently sinister space voyage, but one without all that much to say. And I, I, I don't know. I think we're trying to find meaning in this movie where there just kind of might not be any, like. Yeah, you could say it's a critique on how we treat prisoners. You can say it's a feminist allegory. 
but it might just be a thing that exists. You know, there might not be any overarching. And I mean, I mean, in some cases that's fine. I mean, you know, uh, some things just exist and it's, it's fine, but I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if we're trying to read too much into it or, or what, you know, or if what, or if anybody's trying to read too much into it, or if there's really something underlying that's trying to be said. I won't fight back on you on that. I, I think you, you very well may have a point and mm -hmm. whether I, I think if I did want to fight about it, I haven't had enough time to digest it. And I won't say that I'm doing Claire a, a disservice because number one, I'm, not a Claire Denis fan. I didn't know she was a, such a big name in film. I guess you can you could spit on me if you want film snobs. But um, I've never heard of her until just this moment when you said her name. I think number two, if if this wasn't the fact, if if what you said wasn't true, it should be a lot easier to dispute that. So, and you very well may have a point yeah. when you say that. So. You know, I, well, I mean, I, I think about somewhere. all the things that exist, you know, with uh, I know we aren't probably ever going to cover it, but with Death Stranding, I think Kojima is really trying to say something, you know, sure. about the human condition, about human connection, things like that. You know, the uh, you know, the, the first three Silent Hill games were definitely saying things individually. You know, I mean, Silent Hill 2 is an, a grief allegory. You know, but then there's just kind of, I think there's just things that exist. Like Bloodborne isn't trying to say anything like deep or, you know, crazy. It's just trying to tell a good story. And I think, I think this movie is trying to tell a story and it's just, there's not a lot there. It's just kind of trying to like tell it. It's just trying to tell a story that happened in space, you know, I, 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 I and I do think, I don't know, because I do think Claire would try and say something here. She's a pretentious French bitch. Exactly. I wouldn't say bitch, but she's, you know, she's trying something here. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think she, I think, I think what I was thinking when you were talking about it is that she's not articulating it well. No. If she's trying to say something here, it is not... I mean, it doesn't even have to be easy to get. There just doesn't seem it needs like to this. Be there, it needs to be at least tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Articulated is probably the best way to say it. Right. Uh, you know, like we, we should like, I feel like we have been wandering in the dark for 52 minutes. And so, you know, <laughs> doing enough. our best mm -hmm. um, with what we got. What? Fair enough. Um, I think that's the perfect point then to say, uh, Boys, what's this good sci-fi or bad sci-fi? We'll start. Uh, Miller, you can go ahead and start. Okay. Um, I will, uh, I mean, if I'm being concise here, um, I'll say this is definitely like high sci-fi. Like it's very, I mean, it very much leans into like the sci-fi realm. There's a spaceship. There may or may not be a point. <laughs> um, so this is very much firmly, I think, in the realm of sci-fi. Uh, personally, for this movie, I was just, I was just kind of out. I, uh, I, I was just like, if nothing happens in the next twenty minutes, I'm out. And uh, it was just, I mean, this movie fell flat for me. I'm, I'm, I'm in the camp of uh, the Google users who uh, <laughs> rated this um, 
uh, what was it? What did I say? The user base was like 41%. Yeah. I'm, I, uh, not, not my favorite sci-fi ever. Um, all right. Thank you, Ben. I'm gonna, for now, and I'll, I'll come back to the cast if I, if I ever have a change of heart, but I'm going to say like, okay, minus sci-fi. I think there are things here. And I, like I said at the start, love or hate it, this is the kind of movie that our podcast is made for. Not Independence Day, not, you know, uh, Tenet. Like, this is the kind of sci-fi that I wish we should cover more. As to whether whatever Claire Denis is trying to get at is articulated well, well, no, I don't think, I don't think it is. But I think she tries... And I think that she uses the genre very well to tell an emotional story about humans. The emotion was mostly confusion, but I think it's there. And so that for that, I'm going to give it an okay minus. I won't give it a straight up bad. Uh, it's worth the watch, and you might take something from it. But you also may very well hate it, and that's okay too. I won't. I won't get mad at people who don't like this because I I could understand it, and that's my take. Okay, so I don't know. I I think this was a very personal film for Claire Denis in some sort of fashion. Um, I don't know if it has something to do with Inception or reproducing for her in some sort of way. Um, just just right out conceiving in some sort of way. I don't know if there was an aspect to that, that now she's, you know, 74 years old and she's kind of looking back on her life, maybe regretting something or not regretting something, what have you. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. But uh, I do think there is a certain element of exploring, forgive me for saying this, but what it means to be human uh, in terms of regards of looking at life full of regrets. All of these people have some sort of regret, I'm assuming. Um, but I will I would say it's it's good sci-fi. It was pretty good. She doesn't get uh, lost in the science of things, it seems like, and kind of just focuses more on the people, but like not in a in a in a, a bad way. If if you're gonna do the science, do it right. But if you're not gonna do it, just avoid it. You could tell a good, great story in sci-fi without getting into the science. So, I, I will say that this was a good sci-fi. Divisive among critics and, and sci-fi, sci-fi cross-sections as well. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I like it. I like. I think this is the first time in a while that we've come out so divided on a movie. Mm-hmm. I would 100% say I will never watch this movie again. I sure, was sure, uncomfortable, sure. but I didn't hate it. I, like I will it. probably never watch this movie again. I will also never watch this movie there again. There you go, folks. We got three not watch it ever again out of three. But, <laughs> you know, like I said earlier, maybe still worth the watch for you. Yeah, you never maybe. Know. If you're Well, it's on Amazon Prime for free, so, you know, yeah. don't pay for it. Well, it's not free. You have to pay for the Well, Prime. you're paying for Amazon Prime. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. That is our take on High Life by Claire Denis. Um, we're going to be playing around with the schedule now. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you what's coming out next week. Surprise. Um, 
hopefully we get a few more cast members on but if not hey good discussions with just a few people anyways so until next time Uh, I'd just like to apologize um, when I said Bloodborne isn't about anything. Uh, like all good Lovecraftian uh, <laughs> content, it is about uh, mankind's insignificance in the universe and overcoming that. Oh, so, I thought you Bloodborne, were gonna... 10 out of 10 game. Love gotcha. It. I thought you were just going to apologize for calling Claire Denis a French bitch. That's but... what I thought, too. <laughs> I don't apologize for anything. Uh, apparently. All right.